Wrestling with Siblings. I'm your host, Araceli, and this is my co-host, Armando. Hi, guys. I'm Armando, and welcome to Wrestling with Siblings. Let's get started with Raw from Kansas City. All right, WWE Champion Kofi Kingston opens up the show, and he says, I'm still standing tall after the attack that Dolph Ziggler had on me last week on SmackDown. Yeah, all I got to say is I'm glad to see Dolph Ziggler back. Um, he's going to be in action, as you guys know, in a couple of weeks. Um, but I kind of like this attitude that Dolph Ziggler has. He is more aggressive. He is more passionate. He wants to be successful, and he's hungry, and that's very, very crucial. So whatever, the way he's attacking Kofi Kingston, I hope he shows that inside the ring. Definitely. I feel like he's finally getting that push that he deserves, that main event push that he deserves. He has killer matches. We've seen that he's extremely talented, and I feel like this is a perfect feud from him to prove and to take his career to a whole new level. Even if he doesn't end up beating Kofi, I still want to see this attitude continue going forward, and I'm pretty sure it'll take him even further. Right now, I'm guessing he still is going to be in SmackDown, but we don't know where exactly he's going to be. Hey, he can cause mayhem on both brands because of the wild card rules. So, will be interesting to see. But like I said, I really like this Dolph Ziggler so far. 100%. I agree with you on that one. Alright, so Kofi Kingston goes on to say, I am here for Brock Lesnar. Today is the day where we find out who Brock Lesnar is going to be cashing in his money in the bank on. Whether it will be Kofi Kingston or the Universal Champion Seth Rollins. And Seth doesn't want to wait so he comes out and what does he do he calls out Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar then comes out and this is the funniest thing ever because he comes out he has turned the briefcase the money in the bank briefcase he's turned it into a boombox so he comes out jamming to his theme song he's pretty much making a joke out of all the memes and stuff and you can definitely see Seth Rollins bursting out laughing inside he couldn't hold it in. You can definitely tell that. And eventually that leads him to him leaving because he's like, you're making a joke out of this entire moment. Yeah, and not only that, but he feels offended because Seth Rollins has worked his entire life to be where he wants to be. And he thinks that Brock Lesnar, like you said, is making a mockery out of all this. Yeah, well, I completely understand where Seth Rollins is coming from. I mean, you pretty much gave all the valid points, but... He's also one of those that wants to give prestige to his championship, and, and he definitely does feel like that's something Brock is taking away from him in this occasion. So then Paul Heyman is like, all right, well, if Seth Rollins is going to walk away, then you guys will not find out who we are going to be choosing thanks to Seth Rollins. So we're still back to step one. We don't know who he's going to be cashing in on, whether it's Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston. So then what happens? Kofi gets attacked by another then. Dolph Ziggler, and as Armando was saying, a brand new Dolph Ziggler. He reinvented himself, and he is determined to get what he wants. And what he wants is the WWE Championship. Yeah, at first, we all knew he was pretty much going to be out of wrestling for a while. I thought he was going to maybe try some other things. And like I said, we were wrong. He is back. And like I said, I'm excited for what he has to offer so far. This time, Kofi Kingston had backup, though. He had Xavier Woods, who comes out to the rescue, but unfortunately, Xavier came out short because Dolph Ziggler was prepared for everything and anything, and this comes from the determination of him wanting the championship. He feels like he deserves it. He feels like he should be the one in Kofi Kingston's position. It's just been nothing but bad luck for the New Day these past couple of weeks, just constantly getting attacked 
by just random superstars by Kevin Owens, by Dolph Ziggler, you name it. They just haven't been on top of their game. He's the biggest target right now. Uh, I feel like Seth isn't really much of a target. I think he's been doing pretty well in Raw. The only target he has as of right now is pretty much Brock Lesnar. And Kofi Kingston has everybody targeting him. But I think, and that's pretty smart by the locker room, just because they knew he's being WWE champion is new to him. He's willing to face all comers and take the challenge of anybody, and I think that might end up coming to haunt Kofi Kingston. Yeah, because he's not thinking it through. He's just willing to go against any match. Fine, you want a match? That's fine. And he's not thinking of him potentially losing the WWE Championship. And I feel like this is where the New Day should come in and be like, hey, take it down a notch. Be careful who you're facing. Kind of like Paul Heyman does with when Brock Lesnar's going to do something crazy. He's like, no, this is not the time. I feel that's something that the New Day should be doing to Kofi Kingston. Alright, moving on to Shane McMahon with Drew McIntyre. His insurance policy. I feel like he couldn't have picked anyone better as his insurance policy. Drew McIntyre, the entire full package. Definitely agree with you. Nobody better than McIntyre at the moment. And Shane comes out and he pretty much addresses the fact that Roman's family has been going on against the McMahons for decades. You know, the Anuais have been feuding with the McMahons for years and years and years and years. And he said that one of the things he was installed from the McMahons since he was a kid was respect. And he feels that's something Roman Reigns does not have. Uh, I think Roman Reigns has respect, but you just have to earn it. And I think the way Shane McMahon is going by the, going with this is not going to get Roman Reigns' respect. And he makes a valid point because he says he has been sitting front row watching all of his cousins like The Rock, Yokozuna, and everybody perform, that he knows how his family works. He knows what to target and what not to target. And he also said he's representing the McMahons. And, I mean, he's right. He definitely is. He has something he has to live up to. Okay, and then he then starts to say he's going to face none other than Lance Anoa'i, which I think is completely unfair because we've never heard of him. Obviously, Lance is, I want to say, a superstar that isn't fully developed yet, and the fact that he's going to take advantage of somebody like Lance to get into Roman's head, I just think it's a little low. Yeah, and not only that, but McIntyre getting involved doing all the dirty work for Shane McMahon at first. Yes, and I was surprised that Roman let this go on for for as long as it did. You know, I was expecting him to come out at the beginning of the match or as soon as Drew McIntyre started getting involved. But no, he actually let the match finish, to my surprise. And Lance, obviously, if I didn't say it before, is Roman Reigns' cousin, who we haven't heard of. And it really wasn't an actual match because it was over within, like, maybe five minutes. So Lance was able to show a little bit of his athletic ability, but... It was totally unfair. Yeah, it definitely was. And Roman finally had enough. He came out. He cleaned house. And he proved, hey, if you're going to mess with my family, I'm going to shoot back at you. And I mean, I can't blame Roman for doing that. I mean, can you? Nope. That's exactly what Shane is doing. He's protecting the honor of his father. So obviously Roman's going to do the same when it comes to his family. All right, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come back out again. And... This is the moment where we're finally going to find out who Brock Lesnar is going to be cashing in on. And at least that's what we thought until he starts reading the contract rules to Brock Lesnar. And the reason why he does that is because Seth Rollins comes out and he's like, 
cash in on me, cash it in now, I'm ready for you, I'm a fully developed Seth Rollins, I am 100% ready for you. And I don't blame Seth Rollins because he is the architect, he is the smart one, he is trying to get under Brock Lesnar's skin because he is prepared for him, he knows how to defeat him, he knows that if he cashes in against him, he's going to have a failed cash in. Exactly, and that's something that Armando was telling me. He said, like, I feel like if he cashes against Seth, he's not going to be having a successful cash-in. And I, I agree with him on that one because this is a new Seth Rollins. Yeah, and if you watch Money in a Raw and you get to this, it's like you see how intense Seth Rollins is and he wants to, he wants Brock Lesnar to cash in. And he's so intense that he almost got Brock to do it. Brock was contemplating it. He was thinking about it. He said, you know what? I may just do this. And then this is where Paul Heyman comes in. This is where he's smart. He starts reading the contract to the ref. And I believe he said May 20, 2020. Sorry, I'm still in the 2000 mentality. Uh, he's like, 2020, a full year for Brock Lesnar to cash in his money in the bank. And Brock is like, wait a minute. I have one year to cash in my money in the bank. Why do I have to make a decision now? Brock Lesnar, don't you know the rules to this? Come on, man, really? He never shows up to work, so are you really surprised? I know he doesn't show up, but come on, Paul Heyman is there. He's been in this business for a while, and they know how money in the bank cash. I mean, Brock Lesnar got cashed in at WrestleMania a couple years ago. See, here's my thing. I feel like Paul Heyman knew about it, and it was part of his plan. He was trying to stop... Brock Lesnar from actually cashing in on a fresh Seth Rollins that he was like, you know what, I'm going to read out the rules so that that way Brock can rethink it and be like, this is not the time for you to cash in. You still have a full year. I think that was Paul Heyman's plan. And if it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, it worked. Brock Lesnar was like, nah, I'm not cashing in right now. So he just walks out of the ring, but he's still sitting backstage until the end of the show. So who knows, maybe he'll cash in later on tonight on Raw. Alright, moving on to our Truth and Carmella who pretty much show up and they're going through the 24-7 championship. Everybody is following him around and what can I say, he's still the 24-7 champion. He's been a uh, smart champion so far. I mean, he's been trying to do all these kind of things to, to avoid getting pinned. I feel like a part of that comes from Carmella as well. She's very smart. She keeps him grounded. She keeps him focused. She's like, now is the time. Keep running, keep running, keep running. Somebody's coming. So I want to see more of what our truth has to bring with the 24-7 championship. All right, moving on to Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. Finally, the Iconics back on TV. I miss them. Definitely want to see more of them. But I'm also excited with this new tag team, Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross. Yeah, they're kind of odd, but I like the way they worked and I like the way their chemistry is, is flowing in the ring so far. Do you think they could potentially be a permanent tag team? I mean, we've seen them tag once, maybe twice. If you can't win Alexa tags with them, that's twice. But other than that, I mean, do you see them potentially being a tag team permanently? Why not? Let's give them a chance. I mean, we gave Sheamus and Cesaro a chance. Why not give Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross a chance, but not only that, but Nikki Cross, I feel that she's at the stage where she's trying to fit it into the woman's roster and she's trying to make friends and she's willing to change personalities and do whatever it takes to fit in. 100% and that comes from Alexa being an example who she went backstage and her being friends with Alexa, I guess you can call it friends, 
got her an opportunity at the moment. It's Becky Lynch, and I think Becky Lynch has adapted to her very, very well. And the Iconics, what can we really say about them? They're the tech champs for a reason. Their chemistry inside of the ring is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and they proved it by targeting Nikki Cross. I mean, they pretty much knew that if they target Nikki Cross, they pretty much were going to win the match. But, you know, she ended up tagging Becky Lynch, and it just changed the the game from there. That, that's pretty much inedible. I mean, you thought Becky keeping Becky out of the match was going to be crucial, but the moment she came in, you knew it was a game changer. And another thing, too, they were starting to get under Becky Lynch's skin. They knew that if, like, oh, look, we got a title, you know, you're Becky Wampel. They started trash-talking her, and that kind of just got Becky Lynch even more mad. Yeah, and keep in mind, Becky's already upset because she lost her SmackDown Women's Championship to Bayley, so she's obviously not fully there. She's not 100% mentally there. She's not physically there. So she's definitely frustrated. She's obviously mad at Lacey Evans. So the one thing she's trying to do is obviously get that anger out on somebody. And in this case, it was the Iconics, unfortunately. Yeah, and Becky Lynch was able to pull off the, the victory. 100%. All right, moving on to probably one of my favorite matches of the night, Ricochet versus Cesaro. Yeah, the other difference between this match and last week's match is that I got to say Ricochet was probably about 80%, not to his full potential, but I mean, even though he was still impressive, everything that he did in the ring, just amazing. Like, when he's in there, you can't miss a moment. He got creative, and this is one of those matches, like the Dolph Ziggler-Seth Rollins match, where you saw it once, and you're like, okay, you cannot potentially get any better than this. And you see it a second time, and you're just like, okay, what happens the third time? And it just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And they have similar wrestling styles, so that alone lets you know, okay, we can expect a hell of a match, and this is probably one of the best matches of the entire year so far. And what I like about Cesaro is that he's able to adapt to any wrestler. And even to Ricochet, what did he do? He was, he was able to counter his, his high flying skills and was able to pretty much do what, Ricochet does. Cesaro, being the veteran and the experienced superstar that he is, started targeting Ricochet's back. Now he knows he's not a hundred percent. Like you said, he was probably like an eighty percent, in this match, and he was like, you know what? If I can target the back, if I can keep Ricochet down, that gives me an advantage. And he also used power. To his advantage to ensure that Ricochet stayed down as much as possible. And since these opponents faced each other last week, they pretty much knew what they all had to bring to the table. And this is where Ricochet's creativity and athleticism came into play, and he was able to pull off the victory. 100%. Alright, moving on to Samoa Joe, who pretty much comes out and he's like, you know what? Next week when Rey Mysterio comes to relinquish the Universal Champ, not the Universal Championship, I'm sorry. The United States Championship, I will be the person that takes it back and brings it back to where it belongs. Knowing Rey Mysterio, I don't think he's going to relinquish the title, even though he's still hurt. But, I mean, the rules are rules, and he's most likely going to have to do it. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, his injury is a separated shoulder. So that's a pretty serious injury, and if he does end up relinquishing it, Samoa Joe wins first in line at that championship. And that's pretty much what he comes out to say. Alright, moving on to Braun Strowman versus The Miz versus Bobby Lashley versus Baron Corbin. The winner of this match becomes the number one contender for the Universal Championship. 
at Super Showdown, so they will face Seth Rollins. Now, keep in mind, this is an elimination match, Fatal 4-Way elimination match, meaning each member that gets pinned will be eliminated until there's only one man standing. I was very excited for this match because I wanted to see who was going to be Seth Rollins' next opponent after he had just faced AJ Styles. My pick since the beginning was Baron Corbin and obviously The Miz. I feel like Baron is the smartest competitor out of these three opponents. I would have loved to see uh, Braun Strowman just because I feel that he has had the opportunities, but he really hasn't been able to capitalize, and I feel like he's been getting screwed over. Like, there's always been bad timing. Yeah, there's always something that gets in the way for Braun Strowman, and every single time, whether it's in a match or whether it's him having a championship opportunity, it gets taken away from him, whether it's by somebody or he gets injured or whatever. It's always taken away from him. But Bobby Lashley, I feel like him being with somebody like Leo Rush really elevated his career. Now that he doesn't have him, I feel like he's fully prepared. He's fully developed for high caliber matches like this. And he is one of the most insane athletes I have seen. Yeah, definitely have to agree with you on that one. But I'm also impressed by The Miz. Um, Ever since he started feuding with Shane McMahon, we've just seen a change of personality. He's more... I gotta say more humble, but at the same time, hungry for victory and wants to do more. He hasn't been champion in a very long time, so I don't blame him. And I also feel like after his feud with Daniel Bryan, he really was like, I need to reinvent myself. I need to find a new Miz because this isn't working for me. And what does he do? He created the the Miz that we got to see today. And not only that, but the Miz, like Brian Corbin, they're both smart competitors and they like to take advantage of opportunities. So if this was a match for Miz, to become the number one contender, it was this one. Exactly. And Baron Corbin, the smartest competitor that we see in the WWE, you really have to give him to him. He knows how to analyze all of his opponents. He knows what every single one of his opponents' weakness is, and he uses that to his advantage. He takes advantage of every opportunity, as you said. And what else can we say about him? He is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I feel like him moving from SmackDown to Raw was the greatest transition we have ever seen. Yeah, everything that he does in the ring is pretty much strategized. And by far, if you're going to agree with me on this, he's one of the top superstars in the Raw roster right now. Yeah, whether you like him or not, you have got to admit, that man is crazy talented. He's smart. He knows what his goals are and how to get them. And not only that, but he knows how to work the crowd to his advantage. And he has done it numerous times, and this match wasn't the exception. Yes, and I also do want to mention he's smart because he starts working with Bobby Lashley throughout this match, and that gives him an advantage because what does he do? They focus on taking out the monster among men, Braun Strowman. They make sure he's down, and then they focus on The Miz, who is the smallest out of all of them, if you really think about it. He's the smallest competitor in this match. And that's smart because then now it's him and and Bobby Lashley facing each other, and it's pretty much a one-on-one match. Definitely. And so what ends up happening is super weird because, as I did say, this is an elimination match. Braun Strowman, able to capitalize, he comes up and he goes right after Bobby Lashley. Like, they bulldoze together. And Bobby Lashley decides to run off into the crowd. And so what does Braun Strowman do? He wants to give him these hands. So he goes right after him. They're fighting in the crowd. And then Bobby Lashley is leading into the backstage. So they go backstage and this leaves two competitors, The Miz and Baron Corbin, which is pretty much an even match, if you really think about it. And Baron Corbin, end of days, one, two, three, gets the pin. And I I thought 
okay, The Miz is getting eliminated, now it's down to three men. But little do we know, Baron Corbin was just declared the winner because, according to Michael Cole, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley went to the backstage area and didn't come back. And again, what we were saying, Baron Corbin takes advantage of a huge opportunity to be the number one contender. Yeah, and now he's going to go on to Super Showdown to face Seth Rollins. This is a huge opportunity. Do I see him beating him? No. But he's definitely going to give Seth a run for his championship. Definitely, but just keep in mind Seth Rollins has to keep a look at what, of what Baron Corbin has to offer and what he has up his sleeve. And now he has to worry about Brock Lesnar as well because, as we do know, he's the money in the bank, and for all you know, he can be cashing in that same night. Who knows? Alright, moving on to Zami Zayn with Corey Graves. So this is pretty much the first electric chair thing that's happening. They've never done it before, but hey, they're doing it on this show. Kind of weird, but interesting. Just something new, something that was brought up. And hey, I was excited to see this. Hey, yeah, I'm all up for, for new ideas. So let's get into that. Corey Graves pretty much explains that the WWE Universe is going to be asking him questions and the whole thing. So they have a series of announcers out on the crowd they pick out questions, and some of those questions were, when are you going to be retiring? That's a pretty funny question, because it's kind of like, well, I mean, he's Zami Zayn. He's still pretty young. I know he just came back from an injury, but slow down a little bit, you know? Uh, he does tell him about the ginger snaps, and he's like, are you talking about Becky Lynch? And, because, you know, they were partners at the Mixed Match Challenge, and the girl's like, well, duh, and it was just probably one of the funniest moments overall because the little girl just pretty much owned Sami Zayn and then why are you not the universal champion why haven't you won it ever since you came back I mean he just came back like a month ago give him time and then he's like why don't you just ask me about AEW and right before we can hear an answer none other than the universal champion Seth Rollins interrupts yeah he pretty much got tired of hearing Sami Zayn yap his mouth for these past couple of weeks and tonight and you know he probably went out there and was like hey if you want to talk let's do it in the ring exactly and what does he do he grabs the chair breaks it so there's the electric chair gone we're never going to see that again and so then this leads into Seth Rollins versus Zami Zayn another great match you also have to give credit to Zami Zayn because he started targeting the knee of Seth Rollins who we got to see tweak it a little bit after two suicides dives he starts focusing on that knee but also keep in mind Seth Rollins is not mentally 100% he has to worry about Baron Corbin who is now his number one contender for Super Showdown and he also has to worry about Brock Lesnar sitting backstage not only I don't think so much about Baron Corbin and not to underestimate him but more of Brock Lesnar and like you said that little tweak that he had yeah I mean Hopefully, it's not serious because we do know he has a history of having knee injuries. But that's something Zami capitalized on, and that's what makes him such a smart and dangerous opponent. Yeah, and then not only that, but his aggression that he has been having these past couple of weeks ever since he came back. A new Seth Rollins, new Sami Zayn. Very interesting feud. Fantastic match. Another great match that I, I feel like Raw had. But other than that, I mean, that's the end of the Raw podcast unless you want to add anything. It was a very entertaining show. I, I really liked that. I want to see more of this. And well, at the end of the day, it was good. Alright, remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Become a sibling today. Leave us a comment. Write us a review. And if you do that, Armando, what do we have? A shout-out? We want to shout-out a uh, 
very special follower. He's been following us pretty much since we started doing this. And his name is Tony. Thank you so much for us. We really appreciate you. Thank you for being a sibling. We love you. We appreciate you. If you want a shout out, all you got to do is comment down below comment or write below. us a review on iTunes. So that's all we have for you guys. And for those of you that do not know what WWS stands for, Armando, what does WWS stand for? Wrestling with siblings. Thank you guys so much. And see you guys next time. Yep. We'll see you guys next time on